0: This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles, and let's get started.
1: We're going to go over the Revelation passage in our teaching time today. And again, it's Revelation 7, 9 through 17. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, what we have to note, the first thing is, John starts this section with the words, After this. Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about the sealing of the 144,000 Israelites or Jews who have been marked for service for the Lord during the tribulation time. 12,000 from every tribe. And so John has witnessed this. And so he says, after this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. What this does first is to show the success of the gospel. For obviously the gospel, according to this, has gone all over the world and reached innumerable people. In other words, what John is witnessing here is a mind-blowing number of people in front of the throne. And what are they doing? They're worshiping. Now, let's take note of something here again. This is the second time that we've been told about this great multitude of people surrounding the throne. We talked about this last week because it was in our Revelation passage then. So, why do you think that this would be pressed home a second time in the book of Revelation? Why is it here again? It's to drive home the point if you didn't get it the first time from Revelation 5. There are going to be people from everywhere in front of the throne. And what this means is, again, there is no room for racism or discrimination in the kingdom of God. So we hope, I imagine John was hoping we'd get it the second time because Martin Luther King Jr. still said, 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday is the most segregated time in the United States. And that should not be the case. We should be open to everyone. Now, here is probably the most serious reason that discrimination of any kind is wrong. And I also want to make note of the fact that Heaven displays the perfect example of diversity. Everybody. Now, the reason, back to the previous point, the reason that this is wrong is that if we are discriminating against someone because of their skin color, their eye configuration, the color of their hair or the ethnic heritage they have, we are probably, no, no probably about it, We are discriminating against someone whom the Lord has accepted into his family. And how can we in good conscience reject someone who the Lord says is okay? Amen? Amen. Now, we will be different in the kingdom of heaven. We will look like we do now. For some of us, that's unfortunate. (laughs) But for others, it's okay. But we will be different. We will be individuals in the kingdom of heaven. Why else would God create so many different kinds of people if when we got before the throne, he wanted us to look all the same, sound the same? Now, John also tells us they have palm branches in their hands. Now, these palm branches remind us of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where Jesus was also praised as Savior and King. The word Hosanna means save now. Now, palm branches in ancient Israel were emblems of victory. It shows us This great multitude celebrates an amazing victory. The palm, the ensign of triumph, indicates most certainly a conflict and conquest. And as on earth, palm would not be given if not won. We may conclude that the Lord would not have distributed the prize unless there had been a preceding warfare and victory. We're all aware of the fact that we're living in occupied territory, right? And that we are at war, as it were, spiritual warfare against the kingdom of darkness. So, it was appropriate that those people are having palm branches because if they're up there before the throne, they have won a victory. So, there they are, worshiping the Lord, shouting at the throne, and they are... Living eternally in victory from the very fact that the glorified carry palms, we may infer that they did not come from beds of sloth or gardens of pleasure or palaces of peace, but that they endured hardness and were men trained for war, says Charles Spurgeon. You should have known that we couldn't go through one sermon without a quote from Spurgeon, okay? Now, verse 10 And they, and crying out with a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Let's take note of the kind of voice they used loud. So, do you know what that means? That means what? You fit in. But it's okay to shout. Amen in the service when you hear something in the sermon that resonates with you. It's okay to sing loudly and not. It's okay to belt it out because that's what you're going to be doing in front of the throne. So you better face the music. It's okay to laugh here. Face the music that you are going to be singing at the top of your voice. In front of the throne, because you're going to be doing it anyway. All right, verse 11. All join in, angels standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And what did they do? They fell on their faces and worshiped God. Worshiping, that's what's going to be going on also. Lots of singing and lots of worshiping. Verse 12, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. The worship doesn't convey those traits to God. He already has all of those. The worship then is acknowledging that God is already these things. Blessing and honor and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God. So he is a worthy God. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our attention. He is worthy of being taken note of throughout the entire day. He's worthy of receiving our thanksgiving for a blessing received or for just the sense that, wow, God is so awesome. And I have peace in my heart because Jesus is Lord and he's sovereign over all and he is in control of everything. There is nothing happening to any of us that he doesn't know about but we're not going to pray to him and have God say, oh, I didn't know that. You can pray every time confidently knowing that you're talking to somebody who knows your suffering. He knows it more than we do. And we can confidently pray, believing and knowing that we're talking to the one who has it all under control and in his hands. Amen. Now, verse 13. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? And I said to him, sir, you know, and he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. It was important that John knew the identity of this great multitude, but he didn't know that he should ask. So one of the elders prompted him to ask. These are the ones who come out of the Great Tribulation. This vast multitude from every tribe and tongue and nation are those rescued for God's kingdom in the period of the Great Tribulation. They had trouble on the earth during the Great Tribulation. In the ancient Greek grammar of this passage, the is emphatic. This was a time of Great Tribulation for this multitude, This leads many to believe that most, if not all, of these are martyrs from the great tribulation. And so there they are in heaven, all together and intact, worshiping before the throne. They've come through the tribulation, but they survived until they were martyred, probably. And with that, they are grateful to the Lord that they were received into heaven During the tribulation. So if any of you have ever listened to any of these prophecy aficionados preaching, they're saying, well, once you miss the rapture, you're in deep trouble. Not so. You can still be saved in the tribulation, but you might have to lose your head to do it. So, but salvation is possible even during the tribulation. Otherwise, why would God consecrate 144,000 Jewish witnesses to preach the gospel during the tribulation if it was not possible for someone to still get saved during the tribulation? Amen? Amen? All right, now let's move on. 15, 16, and 17, before the throne in his presence. That is a good place to be. In his presence but do you know we can be in his presence down here right now because we're in his presence right now do we realize that we are in the sanctuary of the Lord he's interested in the fact that our heart is devoted to him and that we are worshiping him with his people together on this side of eternity so We can be in His presence even now. So when you get on your knees at night or when you get up before the chickens in the morning and when you do your devotions, then you can call on the Lord and know that you can be in His presence, in His presence on your front porch, your back porch, your living room, your closet, wherever. You can be in the Lord's presence even now as we are right now at this moment in the Lord's presence in his sanctuary. What do we get from today's passage? Worship him anyway. Worship Him anyway, But the other point from the beginning is discrimination has no place in God's kingdom. And we're going to be worshiping for eternity. So let's practice here so we can be ready when we get there. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthshore.podbean.com, and you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living. Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at Christ the King North Shore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.